0: As the economy recovers, are you setting up your portfolio for long-term success? Let's bring in a pro. Caleb Silver, editor-in-chief of Investopedia, has some ideas here about what could drive the economy in the next few years. And this is how we'll probably formulate some ideas of what to invest in. But let's start about the economy. Um, What do you think will be driving this going forward, Caleb?
1: Good to be with you. And Sean alluded to it. We're going to have higher interest rates. They're coming. The Fed says they're not touching them until 2023, but real interest rates are already climbing. We see the yields in the 10-year. We're seeing higher interest rates across a lot of different consumer categories. That's a reality. Even though the Fed says it's not moving until 2023, watch other rates. That's something significant to watch because it does affect sectors, as Sean just described. We're going to get a lot more government spending. I say two to three years. It could be eight years if Biden is able to pass this bill. More government spending. means a lot more money into the system. That usually bleeds down to other sectors. Those that are related to the economy, infrastructure, green energy, of course, that's gonna be a big deal. And higher corporate tax rates are coming one way or the other. We've gotta pay for this spending bill, but we're gonna to have to do it probably with corporate taxes, maybe taxes, uh, higher taxes on individuals earning more than $400,000 a year. So higher taxes do impact the bottom lines of companies, no matter what, especially technology and growth companies that are not into that profit cycle yet, but are borrowing against their future that could hurt them in the long run. So be prepared for that.
0: Yeah. And that's what we've seen. I mean, we've seen as yields have been on the rise on those days where the bond yields will move higher, we do in see selling in the NASDAQ and some of the tech companies. And that's been the story of 2021. As we talk about the drivers for the economy, and you mentioned some great ideas there, we're looking at this infrastructure plan and it's been breaking news, of course. And so we'll get more and more details. But We think about opportunities. Um, You mentioned electric vehicles, clean energy, um, technology. Those certainly seem to be some ideas. I mean, what areas do you think investors should look at for some opportunities?
1: Well, a couple of things. uh, environmental, social, governance companies—companies companies that adopt that—that's here to stay. That used to be a fad. That used to be something that only young investors were interested in, and you couldn't get the returns out of them. That's no longer the case. 2020 was a huge year for ESG-related companies, for ESG-related ETFs. That's definitely going to be a factor going forward. Younger investors want that. Older investors want that. And those are a lot of growth companies that are adopting those principles. So I would look there. Also, you got to look outside the U.S. I do this with my financial advisor all the time. We're so U.S.-centric. Those of us that live and invest here. But it's a global world of investing. And a lot of the big gains, especially when you have an economic recovery, are going to be coming in places that are tied to that, whether they're metals and mining producing countries like in Australia or some of the emerging market countries that produce a lot of the semiconductors and a lot of the green uh, the components for green energy technology. you got to look globally when you're investing right now because it's not just about the U.S. And the U.S. has had a great run, no doubt about it. But you've got to look around the world. You also have to look, again, at where the where the government spending is going to be happening in those countries because you're going to see a lot more government spending, not just from the U.S., but from Europe, probably be from China and from a lot of those emerging market economies that could translate into some very important companies making big profits down the road.
0: Yeah. And we're going to be talking more about that with Nick Sargent later in the show, um, an international play, right? International opportunities. ESG ETFs, I agree with you. Um, This has become quite the popular trade. When you think about what's been going on, I'm sure when you do your surveys there at Investopedia, you see a lot of people asking some of these questions, right?
1: Yeah, they want to know all about it. They want to know what companies are the most, uh, who are adopting it the most. And actually, if you look at the list, it looks a lot like the NASDAQ 100. A lot of the biggest companies are also big ESG adopters. But there's also some niche companies that are into that. So investors of all ages, again, want that. They're looking for to invest where their heart is and where their morality and their ethics are. So you're going to see big b- moves in that sector continue to grow over time. And you're going to see more ETFs attacking that sector as well. It's been a huge year for ETF issuance and for asset under management. Expect that to continue in 21, 22. At some point, the ESG mutual fund uh, seesaw will tilt in the favor of of ETFs, and ESG is going to be a big part of that.
0: Mm, Yeah, a lot of the tech names and um, definitely more aware as they they create new companies, they're more aware of ESG, Um, no doubt. I don't know. You feel free to name some names if you hear a lot of folks that have been talking about some of that. I know you have a lot of surveys And you have new traders, right? um, Asking a lot of questions and maybe making some mistakes as well. Have you noticed that?
1: Yeah, sure. We all do when we're new to the game. But so many new investors and traders joined the stock market as participants in 2020 for whatever reason. They were home. They were out of work. They had stimulus checks. There was no sports. Whatever the reason, more than 10 million new investors and traders joined the market. And when you're new and a lot of these folks are self-taught, we thought a lot of them would be younger. A lot of them are actually Gen X, you know, middle age and above, who are starting to invest for the first time. And a lot of them are self-taught. They're teaching themselves how to do it. 75% or more. So they were teaching themselves how to do it, but they're extremely active, t- turning over 20% of their portfolio in a month, which is a lot. If you're trading, that's one thing. But if you're investing for the long term, that's a lot of turnover. And they're not building into positions. They're buying stocks, trying to buy them low, trying to sell them high, trying to time the market. We always say, and I know you know this, Nicole, time in the market is better than timing the market. Well, these folks that are new are just learning that for the first time. So those are mistakes they make. Some have even traded on margin, not knowing what they're doing Have gotten. And burn. We asked folks if they'd made money this year. 85% admitted to making some money. It was hard not to make money in 2020 in the last 12 months, but uh, about 53% actually admitted to losing money, and it was hard to lose money unless you were trying to trade in and out of stocks and didn't know what you were doing. So folks were learning lessons for the first time. But again, it was not 22-year-olds sitting in the den, home from school with nothing else to do. These are folks mid-career, middle-aged folks by and large who are trying to invest and grow their wealth for the first time uh, officially. And they started to do that this year. So we we got great results from that survey, and that's on our site right now.
0: Yeah, and they were home and they were able to, whether they're working from home, maybe they lost their job like so many folks and was trying something new. But to your point, over 50% admitted to losing money, right? And and that's painful when you talk about that. When you talk about reaching goals, goals for 10 or more years, what are some final takeaways and things that you think, I mean, certainly don't try and time the market, right?
1: Right. Now, the the most important thing is the magic of compound interest. It is the whole reason investing is so fun and can be so lucrative. You got to Build positions into stocks. Hold them for long periods of time. Don't try to buy it at the right price. Just build your position if you believe in those companies or that sector in those ETFs. Diversify, of course. You've got to be diversified because we saw in 2020 how fast we swung from one sector being hot to the next sector being hot. It was like at the blink of an eye, we went from growth to value. So you have to be paying attention to that. But you also have to think about how you're going to allocate your funds and make it automatic so you're not thinking every time, what stock should I buy? Pick your securities. Pick your ETFs. ETFs, get a balanced portfolio that meets your risk parameters, and then dollar cost average your way in. And over time, especially if you're young, you're going to feel the magic of compound interest when you look at your statements. And don't look at them every month, look at them every quarter. You're going to feel how magic that can be and how you can grow wealth for the long term. And that's what we want these new investors and traders to realize. Investing is a lifelong journey, and you could start it now, but don't start with some bad habits.
0: Right. And don't be too reactive, as you said. Uh, You really need to have some patience with this. It it is hard. It's a very hard thing, especially when you're self-taught, which a lot of people are learning the hard way. But it's exciting, especially when you're making some money. Caleb Caleb, Caleb Silver, Editor-in-Chief, Investopedia. Thank you.